welcome to the House of Learning podcast, produced by A Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. This week we start a series on teach us to pray as Jesus talks to his disciples about their big question. Hi everyone, well welcome to the podcast. It's Richard here and I'm here with Molly and Ryan. And we want to say welcome back. We had a two week break. Um, AJC College had a really weird socially distant retreat and then we ended up forgetting about the podcast. So sorry about that. (laughs) But we had a good time and Jesus showed up socially distant of course and (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was a good time and so yeah we're back and we're excited to i mean we've been doing some spiritual disciplines spiritual practices for Mm -hmm. a while Mm -hmm. um and i think we'll keep doing that but actually we're gonna a bit more regularly for a while focus on the discipline of prayer and molly this has kind of come out of your heart in a way do you want to Give mm. us the lowdown. What's going on here with this series? Yeah. Um, so to give some background and some vision, um, here at Westside, we are really wanting to um, kind of synthesize what we do. So w- we've been in the habit of having you know youth been involved in something over here and women's over here and men's over here. And with a time like COVID, we're really trying to centralize the vision under, you know, we want the whole church to be locked in on one thing. And so that one thing um, for the month of November is going to be prayer. And um, I think something beautiful about prayer is that everyone's familiar with it. So there's some spiritual formation practices um, that not everyone has heard of. And so, you know, it can be yeah. a little intimidating. You might say, oh yeah, Lecto Divino. And right. people are like, is that, mm. is that an appetizer? Yeah. Is that Italian? Like, <laughs> it what does is sound that? like an appetizer. <laughs> that kind of? um, yeah. So, so this is something that, ev- you know, everyone's heard of. And we've even kind of got that secondary feeling of like, we all should be doing it. But in reality, there's an intimidation uh, around the idea of prayer because at the end of the day, we uh, we don't really know what we're doing. And so our our heart, uh, Westside's heart, is to not only uh, cast vision for and see in the scriptures where we're invited to pray, but also equip you with the tools and resources uh, and teaching necessary to be able to step uh, into the journey of communication and communion with God. And so uh, the heartbeat behind prayer uh, comes out of this passage in Luke 11. And Jesus is, is gathered his disciples and they're in conversation together. And the disciples, quite humbly, ask Jesus to teach them to pray. And so we've got kind of our um, podcast series title called Teach Us to Pray. And that's straight out of the disciples' mouths. I yeah. mean, they come before Jesus. that He's their rabbi. And so... They're learning from him. And so they ask Jesus, their rabbi, they say, Rabbi, teach us to pray. We want to know how you pray. Because there's an there's a something significant, something different about the way that you commune with God the Father uh, that we don't know how to do. Yeah. And we resonate with that uh, curiosity. We resonate with that longing alongside of the disciples and say, 
Jesus, we want you to teach us to pray. And so that's the heartbeat. That's the posture that we want to come into the month of November is saying, Jesus, teach us to pray. We want to know how you pray. It's not like we're going to. Yeah. And then you stop praying after November. Just to be clear. Like, then we're going to do something else. (laughs) Yeah. But we're going to. A launching off point. Yeah. Like, make it a focal point. Mm -hmm. And then. And we're actually, we're going to travel through the Lord's Prayer pretty slowly, actually picking up some different aspects of prayer, some different things Jesus points out about yep. prayer, right? Yep. Um, and this might take most of the rest of like the academic year, actually. And so yeah. I'm excited about I'm excited about us focusing on prayer and kind of launching and energizing that. But I'm kind of excited as we, f- as a church together, as a community, travel through the rest of the year, we'll have times when we're kind of exploring different aspects of prayer together for a while. And uh, it's going to be really fun to hear what that's like for people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And we explore the variety. Absolutely. And I think what's so beautiful is that the Lord's prayer, um, which is what is Jesus's ultimate response to when the disciples ask them to teach, teach them to pray. Um, there's a simplicity to the Lord's prayer that is so accessible to people regardless of where you're at in your journey in prayer. And there's also a depth to it. Like there are so many invitations in these, you know, four or five lines to, to deeper intimacy, to deeper communion and communication with God, uh, through prayer. And so I'm excited because there's, there's, um, a lot of depth that can come out of it, but it's also so simple. So if this, if you're at the beginning of your journey in communion with God through prayer, like we we want this to be accessible. We want you to know that like we're inviting you to just take one step further into the to the journey yeah. uh, of, of communion with God. And I'd add to that, like we're trying to assume nothing, but I'm sure we will. Sure. So if you're, you know, beginning your journey or a seasoned pro, but you have a question, you know, the emails in the notes. Mm-hmm. Get in touch with us. Um, if if we're missing something that people are wondering about, we'd love to tackle it. So yep. yeah, yep. Let, let us know stuff as well. We would love nothing more than to talk with you guys. Yeah, Molly, oh. all the hard questions about prayer, and yep. we'll just make Molly. Yeah, Molly dot Inman. <laughs> just send them my way. I, I'll, I'll welcome it for those yeah. who listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, the, the other thing about the Lord's Prayer is its familiarity. Mm-hmm. Like lots of us have this memorized. Even those that that, that don't. Um, when when people start reciting it, we can kind of muddle our way through. Sure. Like it's just so familiar. Yep. And so if we can take what is it like five or six lines, you know, uh, that are really poetic and easy to remember, and use them to to help keep provoking us to think in a really rich way about prayer, then we've given ourselves an amazing tool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just to like st- to stick with us to keep invigorating. Um, prayer for us mm-hmm. so, yep uh, yeah it's a really good it's one. good so what's on the docket for today part yeah. one part one i think um what would be cool we've got um two of the smartest people i know in the room ryan and richard i would love to be able to lay a really sweet we didn't foundation say that by the way no, yes they did nope. i'm kidding <laughs> Wait, we threatened her. <laughs> no, I owe her. I, I haven't paid her yet. I, uh, what do you want, Molly? <laughs> um, yeah, I would just love to, to lay a theological and formational foundation for uh, these next coming weeks. I think that um, we're going to be doing a bit of teaching on Sundays, but it's going to be a, a teaching and practice combination uh, to, to because we, we want to 
we want to not just be talking about prayer, but we want to actually dive into actually praying. But I think this is a really cool opportunity. You know, the House of Learning podcast exists in part to supplement some of the stuff going on on a, on a Sunday for those that want to dive in a little bit uh, deeper theologically. Um, and so I would just love to hear some of the insights that you guys have both gleaned from this passage of scripture. And you both think very differently. So even just the different perspectives that you guys can offer to the table. Yeah. And then I'll probably just finish with some of my formation bits because that's the stuff I like to talk about. Not that I also love to talk about theology, but I, I'm going to mm-hmm. defer to you guys on that. Um, and yeah. we're going to focus a little bit on the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, maybe a little more, right? Yeah. So we'll focus on the Our Father bit. Yeah, I think. A little bit because that it's the tone setter for sure. everything that's about to follow. Sure. So it's like, in, I mean, you mentioned invitations. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of like the f- if we miss that first invitation, we might find ourselves like in the wrong room of the house and then we're confused about all the bits of furniture. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. yep. It's a weird mixed metaphor, but there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And we're going to be diving in. There's, there's about eight sections that we're going to be diving into in length uh, over the next you know eight or so podcasts in various orders. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be... Yeah. One and we can brag on a resource we love. So yes. taking the Lord's Prayer and unpacking it, loads of people have done. But a resource we love is the prayercourse.org. Yep. And Pete Gregg, who's over in London, mm-hmm. works with Alpha as well. Um, and being a part of the 24-7 prayer movement. Yep. And he's written a, there's a new book. Um, yep. How Alpha. to Pray. I mean, surprised it's taken him this long to write a book about prayer. Yeah. Or, or this book about this how book. to pray, yep. maybe. But yeah, really cool new book. Yep. And um, yeah, they've, I mean, you can go online and watch the videos and learn more, uh, yeah, about looking at the Lord's Prayer through this lens of like, yep. yeah, different. Different styles different of prayer. Wha- I don't know, styles, seasons, yeah, aspects uh, of prayer. Invitations, if yes. you will, to keep that, that word going. So yeah, we'll and we'll link that in the, in yeah. the notes. Uh, and just as a plug, the community's um, team is also resourcing you i'm on i'm I'm one of the members on the community teams we're resourcing you with a lot of the things that come out of the prayer course just because they've done such a phenomenal job of of, of simplicity and accessibility when it comes to prayer um so if you if you are in a community or want to be in a community um reach out to us and and we would love to resource you in that way as well yeah okay yes so deferring to you guys so now we need to start some theological insights maybe even some pastoral insights on the lord's prayer Ryan, I'm looking at you. Right. Yeah, you, you haven't said much yet. So um, now it's all over to you. Shining moment. All yeah. the pressure's <laughs> on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then I'll, I'll just start with saying I think one of the um, the things that have been most uh, maybe formative for me in my way of thinking through the Lord's Prayer has been um, Saint Augustine of Hippo's Enchiridion on faith, hope, and love. Um, he was asked to write a small. Uh, book on just what the Christian faith was. And he boiled it down to faith, hope, and love. And uh, he takes a lot of time in the beginning uh, working through the Apostles' Creed and what our faith is founded on. And then when he gets to hope, he just walks through the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And it feels a little like out of place um, because it's short in comparison to the whole section on faith. And it was the Apostles' Creed that he worked through for that section. And so that it just seems like he's going to lay out this kind of like doctrinal thing. And then when he gets to hope, he just goes through the Lord's prayer and you're like, okay, what's up? But it was striking to me because basically what he's trying to say is like praying is the hope 
of our faith. Hmm. Like this is where we find hope. Um, everything I, he had just laid out, you know, he kind of says like everything I've just laid out as far as what our faith is, like what it boils down to is needing to pray and to pray the way Jesus prayed and, and to look to our heavenly father. Um, and that is where our hope and, and how we will be like where we can find a foundation in our faith Hmm. is through regular prayer, regular communion with, um, with the father. And so that for me, uh, when reading through that and thinking through that was like, okay, like the Lord's prayer, because it's so well known and so common. Um, sometimes I think it can lose some of its potency. Um, and then, and then even the way some people will teach through it as like saying, Oh, well, I mean, it's only just like kind of this basic loose model. So then almost like sometimes when we teach through it, because we want to stay away from talking about like, Oh, it has to be this rigid thing where you have to memorize it and say it, you know, or something like that. Um, then we almost lose some of its potency by the way we, we don't mean to, mm-hmm. I mean, it is a good model, but sometimes just the way we accidentally present it seems like we're just saying like, Oh, it's, it's kind of there just to kind of present you like talk to God, ask him for things and, and hope that you're not tempted and that you're delivered through evil and mm. bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but for Augustine, it was like, you know, it, it just, this was it. This was, this is the model prayer. This is like where to turn to when, when hope is lost, here's where you can find hope is in Jesus's words and teaching us how to pray. And that just reinvigorated me Mm -hmm. on like loving this prayer and recognizing like whatever way, if I don't know how to model a prayer off of this, then it is okay to just pray this as it is. Mm -hmm. Like there is hope in that. Yeah. Um, And that was really powerful for me. Yeah, I like the way you say simplicity. Because sometimes people say, oh, is it a model prayer? Am I supposed to repeat these words? People are like, no, no, you should pray like in your own words. In your, um, but actually, Jesus says, when you pray, say. <laughs> like, that's what this says. A- yeah. and, and Jesus doesn't say, you should only say. But yeah. he's giving them a new example of prayer. Because the examples they will be used to will be... Pharisees and rabbis praying so long that you yeah. feel like you need an intermission, <laughs> you know, to, yep. to, to track and <laughs> yeah. follow along with it. And so the simplicity of this is kind of one of the shocking, th- uh, shocking things they would have encountered. I mean, there's lots of surprises in here, yeah. really. Um, but yeah, it is. There's a there's a depth of meaning in this mm-hmm. where, where you're right. It's like it's really easy for our eyes to glaze over and the words to come out and nothing to have happened between our ears or in our heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But actually there is a depth to these words where you can just keep, um, keep exploring the ways that even in their simplicity, that there's such a richness, they keep connecting. You keep seeing um, something else beautiful that's getting expressed, something else Mm -hmm. hopeful that's getting expressed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's um, I don't know, like the the whole gospel storyline in some ways is wrapped up in it. Yes, yeah, exactly. So that's the other thing I I really love about it theologically mm-hmm. is uh, you know we uh, we we talked about this uh, another podcast we recorded today, which will be uh, in a couple of weeks' time, <laughs> but about how sometimes 
when we think prayer, I mean, you just imagine like a kid kneeling by the bed praying in a film. It, you know, it's going to be like, well, I should say thank you for my day and I should pray for tomorrow. You know, and that's, that's our main example of prayer. When this is just so rich, like it, our, our vision in this prayer expands out to the whole cosmos, that yeah. God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. And then, you know, we're, we're drawn into like who he is and then the fact that God has an, like a, a kingdom mission. Yeah. So we go from like God, but it's our God. So we get like, so this is about God, but this is about us. And that's one of the twists of what prayer is. Yeah. And then we have our mission and then give us every day our daily bread. So then we have the means that that mission will be carried out and then forgive us our sins. So we have our relationship. And then us forgiving everyone else, so we have our community. And then lead us not into temptation, we have our warfare, because yeah. it's a mission that's conducted. And mm. so the whole context of what our life is about, the storyline that our life fits in, is laid out in just a few lines. And so that's something... I mean, this is one of the beauties of where you have liturgy, like where the church has come up with ways of articulating its faith that help to keep important things central and in front of you um and you know it's kind of a shame that maybe we don't use the lord's prayer a bit more commonly as we pray like maybe on a sunday or in a community group or you know mm. as a family or with friends because actually it does a really good job of keeping the big picture in front of us yeah yeah. And that's not getting lost in some, you know, some little thing. So I think it, yeah, it, it's amazing that we can, you're just different seasons, you know, like today is a beautiful sunny day. You know, you can read the Lord's Prayer and just think about the amazing cosmic story that's unfolding. Because if it's sunny, you get filled with hope. Mm. You mm. know, but if it was dark and rainy and horrid, you know, and you were just feeling, you know, depressed and like you wanted to eat ice cream. You could read the Lord's Prayer and just feel it speaking to just revive your soul. And yeah. mm. it, it just has this ability to speak to so much, mm -hmm. which is the gospel. Yep. Right? Yeah. You know, you're you're involved in, in a cosmic reality that it sort of makes you inscrutably small in the big picture uh, and fills you with wonder and awe. Mm. but at the same time magnifies your value and says you matter though in the midst of this mm. you yeah. know and so it's the blending of those things that we're able to find meaning without being self-centered yeah. um, that's beautifully yeah portrayed yeah mm. and and i think uh, one thing i like about the fact that you're you, you what you said about the big picture is i i think that is another reason why augustine probably placed this wh where he did in this was that like, you know, it, it, I think the Lord's Prayer is creedal in, in many ways. Like it, it outlines, you know, the early church creeds tried to just outline the, the faith, the, the kind of the essential aspects of the faith from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They were always creedal in, in a kind of a Trinitarian framework. Um, and, I, and I think the Lord's Prayer is like this as well. I think we see... Um, kind of a Trinitarian framework in which we pray to the Father. And then when it talks about give us this day our daily bread, we 
Remember that in John 6, uh, Jesus tells us that he is the bread of life. And, uh, and then in the section on delivering us from evil and, and leading us out of temptation, um, that we know in Romans 8 that that's by the power of the Spirit that's been given to us, that we are able to uh, be delivered from, from sinful flesh and be able to walk actually in line and, and with Christ and be conformed to the image of God's Son. And so there's Father, Son, and Spirit and the roles that they play in our, our lives and in the Christian faith and in the Christian life right there. So there is something ab- about that big picture and just where we fit in God's story and God's kingdom and how much he loves us and the way he provides for us through his son and through his spirit, all right there in just four short verses. Yeah. And you use the word creed, which might be unfamiliar to some people. So it comes from the Latin, which just means I believe. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what do you believe? Like, what's important to you? What, what do you, what are you building on? You know? Um, And when you think about the creedalness (laughs) <laughs> creedality like the, oh, there's I a like word that. I'm making some up but I like creedality a, a lot yeah we'll, we'll go with that one the creed <laughs> the creedality-ness of, uh, <laughs> of the Lord's Prayer <laughs> I, I could keep going creedalosity creedalosity there we go I kind of like that, that okay, one's before good. we get too silly um, <laughs> but uh, I kind of want to return to like the surprising nature of what Jesus lays out here because there is some sense in which Jews in Jesus's era would have prayed for like God's kingdom to come and they would have had some expectations that God would bring salvation and redeem. Um, But there are things that are made central and contexts, the ingredients of this Mm -hmm. that are surprising. And, uh, and so that's something that for us, like like you said, maybe these words can just become so normalized Mm -hmm. that, they they're not we don't appreciate their potency but it's kind of interesting to think about you know i mean jesus has got these disciples they've watched john the baptist's disciples and john is like this radical weirdo you know doing ministry in a profoundly new way calling people to profoundly new new things Mm -hmm. but there's a vitality there's like a spark of reconciliation with god which is at the heart of what's new about John the Baptist's ministry. And there's something about that God connection and prayer that the disciples are like, and they know Jesus prays, you know, and, yeah. and so they're watching him do it. Um, they're like, yeah, we want, we want that too. Mm-hmm. And then, so they're caught between the newness of what they've seen in John the Baptist's disciples and the rest of the rabbinical tradition, which is really different again. And then what Jesus presents is full of little shocks and twists. Yeah. And I'm sure as we go through unpacking the different parts of this, we'll, we'll keep encountering these. Hmm. Uh, but maybe that's a good time to point to like our father. Yeah. Which is unusual language hmm. for Jesus to have chosen. And so... And Jesus is really good at this. Like he often says things in a way that draw from what people are used to, draw from the Old Testament or the, or even the Septuagint. Like he he helps hook what he has to say on things people are connected to. And then there's yeah. often a twist where they're like, "Wait, what did you say?" Mm-hmm. You know. And so, like thinking of God as the 
I mean, they seeing themselves as like God's big family. Yeah. Um, as God's people. Like, yeah, that's totally a thing they're familiar with. Like they're special. They're these peculiar people, like unusual out of all the nations on the earth, chosen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, adopted by God in covenant relationship with God. Um, but there's also something about then this word, Abba Father, mm-hmm. which is, uh, what's the word? Intimate. Mm. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it's not that there's no intimacy in the Old Testament. There's lots. Certainly. But in the milieu of the first century, Jewish thought about, you know, the Lord of hosts, this the big, the God who lives at the top of the mountain, who Moses goes to see if you want some stone tablets, yeah. is <laughs> someone to be kept at a distance. Like, mm-hmm. don't even set foot on the mountain. Yeah. You know, God is someone to be feared and yeah. held in awe and reverence. And, you know, our ability to approach is cast in constant fear and doubt and trepidation. And mm-hmm. So the certainty of just beginning without mm. any plea for mercy, without any uh, forgiveness comes way later. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's so unexpected. Like, surely I need to get my junk out of the way. Mm-hmm. For, so for it to just begin with intimacy, like unmediated, like barefaced intimacy is so surprising and yeah. unexpected for the disciples. It must have really tweaked their minds to be like, how weird would it be to begin a sentence like praying to God that way? It, it feel really uncomfortable to them, mm-hmm. which just shows that uncomfortableness comes from them, like that way of relating to God, feeling alien to them. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, the audacity uh, uh, of approaching with such boldness. And especially when you have, when they would have had in mind and when we should have in mind the image of like Isaiah and Isaiah six, you know, going before the throne room of God. And, and the very first thing is him face down and just like, I, I shouldn't even be looking. And all he's seeing or all we know that he's seeing are his feet. And he's like, well, that's still too much. And so he lowers himself and he's like, I'm a man of unclean lips from a, a nation of, of uncleanliness, like, I, what am I doing here? And the first thing that has to happen in that image is, is the coal uh, from the altar being placed on his lips to cleanse, yeah, to cleanse his mouth. And, and so that image in the background of what it looks like for this prophet who has a close relationship with God, who's been called by God, he still has to approach him in this way. And Jesus is like, no, I'm, I'm inviting you closer. And I mean, it's it's right there with what Jesus is doing. His whole ministry is is for this purpose, but to teach them, like, yeah, just Abba Father. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And and this is like the fact that this is Jesus's authoritative answer to the question, "How should we pray?" And that the gospel writers and the language actually is it gets riffed on by Paul, and like this is definitely mm-hmm. seen as. That sort of creedal, like there's something foundational that's just been said. Yeah. Um, because it is unusual, and the disciples could easily have interacted with it in a, oh, well, you know, we could occasionally experiment, you know, like have a freaky praise night and like try some of this, like try <laughs> relating to God this way. 
But no, this is Jesus is like, no, this is what should be normal. What yeah. should be normal for you is you feel like you can say our father. And I mean, you mentioned Isaiah. It always makes me think of Hebrews of like, let us with confidence approach yeah. the throne of grace and um, and receive mercy, which is the Isaiah yeah. picture. Receive the mercy um, and find grace to help in time of need. But it's not let us, you know, I don't know what even I can. I have can't find the words but i have the image in my mind of like try to sneak up to the throne of grace and find out if we might perhaps get some mercy yeah and and maybe having got mercy if we might also just beg for a little bit of grace to help as well you know i know we're really asking for a lot Mm -hmm. you know that's we're just in our western culture we're so indoctrinated to the idea that that we're the best human we can be when we're self-sufficient that to impose upon another feels like an invasion but to impose upon God here is laid out as, as a red carpet mm. that we belong on. Yeah. And so it's, uh, and, and we struggle with that, right? Which of us has not, um, you know, continually questioned, like, God, do you, uh, uh, for it to sink in, do you love me? Can I approach? Can I ask for this? Mm-hmm. Will you heal me? Will you transform? Will you provide? Will you answer? Um, we've got so much to unlearn to fully step into this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there's something simple, but this is definitely not a like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, This is like a lifelong journey of trying to realize just how much God has his arms open wide and is saying, yes, like yeah. come approach and, and, and approach in a certain way. Which of course, you know, people point to the parable of the prodigal son, which is not primarily about this yeah but it's a really vivid biblical image of that father's sort of surprising unguarded acceptance of the son Mm. yeah yeah and I, i think it's even worth mentioning here um we've got that picture of father and the words we're using to describe the relationship jesus has on offer is like intimacy safety you know refuge but the reality is we live in a world where the picture painted for fathers uh, could be uh, at best a broken, stumbly version of what we described or at worst, nothing even in the same ballpark of what we've described. And, you know, two of the, the most important questions in relationship is, do you love me and can I depend on you? And if either one of those or both of those has been broken by an earthly relationship with father, coming to father our heavenly father in this way can feel um, as though we don't even have a box for what this could look like. So I just wanted to acknowledge that, that um, in some sense, our um, interaction or our experience with like earthly fatherhood does, you know, even psychologically impact the way we're able to understand father being laid out in this passage. Um, yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Like, I, I'd made a note of wanting to say that because mm. I could remember as a newish Christian, like, uh, and someone who my story includes some really dysfunctional, broken interactions with the concept of a father. Mm. Yeah. And someone saying to me, like, hey, Richard, like, you know, you appreciate Jesus as your friend, but I think God really wants you to appreciate him as father. 
And I can remember being at like a Christian camp thing, sat in a chair and just feeling angry because I had no idea what that meant. And I was angry at my past and my story. And I was angry at God that he wanted to relate to me in a way I felt like I couldn't relate to him. Mm. And uh, so if that's you, I just want to say like that anger, there's parts of that that are okay. And you can talk to God about why you're angry and about why it's hard for you to appreciate the way he might be trying to speak to you. Because God can take it and God understands it. But um, but be patient. Mm. There's a lot of father imagery here. And it took me years for when people said things like, yeah, someone you can depend on. I was like, yeah, theoretically, like, sure. But for that to be meaningful to me took a really long time. Mm. Um, and, and all the other things you might put in the box of a father of like, not just you can depend on me, but I have the ability to take care of you and things like mm-hmm. that. You know, I was used to feeling like no one took care of me. I had to take care of myself. Mm. So to to have a relationship where I could emote about that mm. was something I had to discover. And mm. so, you know, God will... If you feel like there's some ingredients you need to interact with this idea that you're missing, don't worry. God's got you. He will restore those things to you. Mm. But be patient because he doesn't want to give you the like quick fix abstract idea that you just try and make work. Like he'll do a deep work Mm -hmm. of revealing fatherness in in ways that will actually cleanse you. Uh, you know, and heal you of the brokenness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how do we follow that? Mm. I know. Almost <laughs> felt like there needed to be a moment of sitting if you're <laughs> if yeah. you're listening. It's a big thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's sad, you know, like statistically more kids come from homes where the father child relationship is broken than come from one that's whole. Mm-hmm. So I know that's going to be a lot of people who mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a big deal. But there is hope in it. There is. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even, um, Ryan, you touched on this. In Romans 8, the Spirit gives us uh, capacity to know the fatherhood of God. Like That's yeah. one of the, the things the Spirit does, mm-hmm. is to know the fatherhood of God by the Spirit. Um, and so if we are in Christ, if we give our allegiance to Christ, and we... Uh, like Ephesians 2 says, uh, become the temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide us in what it means to know the fatherhood of God in a way that is perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- our understanding of it might be broken, but his fatherhood is perfect. Yeah. Um, and that, that that right there is, is hope. So let me throw out a question. This is a bit more like formative when it comes to like, okay, so what effect does stepping into these words not just theologically, but then actually incorporating them in our prayer life Mm -hmm. have. Um, Because there is like the big, like we said, there's this big picture thing. We're drawn into a perspective on ourselves and life and the world when we say our father. Mm. So like how does praying to a father who's your father? Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, like... How does that make a difference? Like you wake up, we're all slightly different. Some people are morning people, some <laughs> people are not. So I was going to say like you're grumpy or you're excited for your day mm. or, you know, you was, but then you pray this. Like how, how does that change the way you see yourself and see the world? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, the simple reality that we have on offer, the invitation to uh, live in communion and in connection and communication with the living God, like letting that sit in for a second, like Jesus invites us to be in relationship with the living God. And that's huge. Like, I mean, we could sit and meditate on that for, for quite some time. I know we're not going to do that in this podcast, but I would even encourage you to like the, the, what the invitation on offer is that we get to be in relationship with God and out, out of that relationship comes the, the opportunity to hear from him, to listen to him, to, to make requests known for yourself and for others to, you know, repent of the ways in which we've missed the mark in, in God's ideal to, to, to be forgiven of those things and to offer forgiveness ourselves. All of those things are experienced and come out of the well that is relationship with God. That's wh- what we draw upon in these, uh, in these moments. And so, yeah, I just think it's, it's exciting. It's, it's opportunity and uh, it's something that will change us for the better. Like we are, we're going to be transformed by the reality that we get to be in relationship with the living God. That, that's just a, a natural byproduct that comes from living with him. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think I think for me the thing that constantly trying to remember that I have a heavenly father is like to to go with the kind of first waking up in the in the day is that there are often days where um I have struggled to like get out of bed, not because I'm just tired and grumpy and not a morning person, but also because I really just don't feel like striking out in the world alone. Mm-hmm. Um, on a particular day, um, you know, COVID hit and I was unemployed and I was like in a r- real bout of mm. depression of like, uh, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, how am I supposed, I have no clue what's going on in the world and what life's going to look like for me in the next month, six months or anything. And the only thing that got me, me out of bed most days w- was just remembering that I like I'm not striking out in the world alone, mm-hmm. um, and like I have a, I have a, a father who is there to prepare me mm-hmm. and to and to be there, and like all, all the different fatherly images you, you m- might be able to conjure up of what a father should be, whether or not your father was that, what what we think a father should be. Like that is what God is, and He is the one there to ho- hold you up as He's, you know, teaching you how to ride a bike or whatever. Like the, all those sorts of images in which, like, a metaphor for life. God has been there for me in those occasions, and honestly, there have been, especially during this year, been a lot of times where it's felt like I've been striking out on the world, like trying to figure it out and learn something completely brand new, mm-hmm. and I have no clue what I'm doing who is going to prepare me for this like in my life on earth so you know no blame to anyone there i just don't know what i'm doing and god's just like yeah i do though it's mm. oh it's okay i i'm remember i'm in heaven like i am here i've i created all this nothing has come as a shock to me mm. and i'm going to walk you through this you have to rely on me like you have to look to me for this but I am here for you. Mm. And that has been like on a daily basis, many times been it like 
thank God I have this reminder here in Matthew 6 and Luke 11 twice in Scripture. Do we have this for good reason um, to, to remind me that I, I have that and I need it? Mm. Yeah. So. I like that, like the invitation to rely and not be surprised. You know, as kids, you always think that your parents don't see, like, ah, I'm going to get away with this. Because <laughs> I, as a dad, like, uh, I'm constantly saying to my kids, like, do you think we're, like, as stupid as we look? Because we're really not. <laughs> like, we, we know what's going on. And it makes me think of Psalm 139, where David's like, oh, Lord, you've searched me. You've known me. You know, when I sit down, when yeah. I rise up, you discern my thoughts. You search out my path. You're acquainted with all my ways. Before a word's even in my tongue, you know it. You hem me in behind before, and you have your hand on me. Mm. And just, you know, it's really easy to wake up and your brain starts restarting all the things you were carrying from the day before. Like, I need to organize this. I need to solve this problem. I need to get this done. I need to deal with this. And just all the things you're carrying. And when you say, our Father, you're you're reminded that you're not on your own Mm. carrying all of this stuff. And that it's not on you. And that there's a whole bunch of stuff weighing on you. You Your brain hasn't even got the perception to realize that your Father knows. Mm. And and can be trusted with those things. And so, like, like you were emphasizing hope, Ryan. There's mm-hmm. a sort of, the tone of my day is going to be different when I feel like it's a day that is owned by my father. And I am owned by my father. You know, like, yeah. um, I'm just going to, yeah, there's a different context for those things. And, and that God's not surprised because sometimes you wake up and you're like, I was a jerk yesterday, mm. you know? Mm. And that's why I love the sort of, where shall I go from your spirit in Psalm 130? Like, even I go down to hell, you know, you're there. Yeah. And it's kind of like, no matter where you're at, you know, whatever dark room in your soul, you, you know, if you're just, I don't know, hiding away, you know, you'll, you'll open the door and be like, well, I'm going to go and be grumpy in this room. And you'll find God is there. You know, and there's no way you can go that God's not already going to be there, um, knowing exactly what's going on, why you're there, and has been waiting for you. And that's the intimacy part again. Mm-hmm. You know, this sort of, I, I love the verse five of this you hem me in and you lay your hand on me. It's not an image of like, man, God, you're just like, wherever I go, you're chasing me, right. like <laughs> pursuing me. And there is a good type of pursuing imagery yeah. that the bible uses but the imagery here is just a sort of um like the safety net my father has me in has no holes in it which is a really strange image because nets are made of holes but <laughs> but you know a what i mean in, in <laughs> no <laughs> holes big enough to fall yeah. through yes. yeah yeah mm. so so i think I that sense of safety yeah. as well yeah which which is the hard thing of like yeah if fatherhood doesn't mean safety to you that it's going to take a while yeah. to to realize. But as you as you interact with these things, you know, the safety of who God is to you. Mm. Um, yeah, and, that, and that's the... Ble- this is the interesting thing about prayer because this is creedal, but it's also a practice. 
it's a statement of faith that says you should believe these things. These things are true. Yeah. Like you can trust God. Great. There's all the difference in the world between knowing that it's true that God can be trusted and knowing God's trustworthy because you did it and he came through for you. And that's what turns this from creed to, to prayer. Yeah. It's like, it's not just saying the words. It's when the words give voice to the reality of your day. And as that reality gets pushed through this filter, it comes out different on the other side. Yeah. And part of that is you and your perspective and your attitudes and your expectations and part of it is that your day actually goes differently mm. and you finish your day and you're like, oh, that made a difference. God made a difference. My praying made a difference. Yeah. And until we do that, these are just idealistic ideas. Yeah. You know, they're, a, they're a nice, beautiful picture of somewhere that looks wonderful to be, but we've never been there. Mm. And mm. that's that's... The other part of the Lord's Prayer is it's so deeply challenging. To live this way is this idealistic beauty and simplicity of just being completely safe, having everything provided. It's it's almost like, ah, oh, I'm God's child born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Except there is warfare and temptation there as well. And yeah. forgiveness. <laughs> so I've got junk, you know. Yeah. So it's it's but but there is something that's kind of idealistic about it. Um and so it's a reality to be grappled with, mm. mm-hmm. which is hard for us to attain, which is why it's a prayer that you can pray liturgically. You can make it a part of the rhythm of how you express prayer to God. And it's going to take a really long time to grow old if, mm. you, if you dwell on the reality of what's going on with what you express. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that picture it brings me back so I was raised uh Catholic which I used to immediately follow that up with like but I'm not anymore um which I which I'm not anymore but I not in the sinister way that I mean it I think there's actually a lot that we can learn from the Catholic church but um I grew up Catholic and we would hold hands in mass and say this prayer together our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name uh and I remember every Sunday morning, just saying it with the monotony and mundaneness that comes with a child that doesn't know what she's saying, but just has been told to say it time and time again. And as I've grown in my relationship with God and look back on those moments, I love how he's kind of completed a circle for me. So I said the words before I knew what they meant. And then I spent a long period of time learning what those words mean. So now when I get to say those words again, liturgically, like I did as a child, there's a depth and a richness that comes out of understanding the heart of God in the, in this passage. And I just, I'm, I'm having this moment in live time where I'm remi- reminded of that little girl, little Molly, who was saying those words and didn't know what she means. And now she's doing the same thing that she probably told herself she would never do when she grew up in a way that is more enriching and more, you know, fruitful to even my, my communion with God. Um, so there is a, there's a liturgy that can come out of it that's beautiful and comes out of an understanding of knowing what these words mean and w- how they interplay in our relationship with God that can be really fruitful. Yeah. So I think we're about out of time. So yep. w- we'll encourage you, open up to Luke 11 or other other Gospels are available. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but try it on for size. 
Um, if you are someone who prays a lot, include it. If you're someone who doesn't pray a lot, often, I mean, every Christian feels that. Um, but yeah, prayer is weird and hard. And so totally get that. Um, this is a great way to start with simplicity. Yeah. Um, don't, don't rattle through it too fast. Mm-hmm. Give it some time. Let it sit with you. And we've talked about the I Father part. So that might be like somewhere you can include a bigger pause and just see if God brings anything to mind. Um, yeah, I was going to I was going to say a, a really simple practice you can do is um, reading this through a few times uh, with the question in mind. God, what do you want me to know about who you are? Yeah, that's great. so as you as you read this ask ask god that question um and i like that you said it slowly it often takes a slower pace to be able to pick up on what god's trying to say to us and so if anything comes to mind i would just encourage you to write it down um to be encouraged that god sees you and wants a relationship with you yeah amen all right well go enjoy the lord's prayer we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to this episode of the house of learning podcast This podcast is produced by Jesus Church College, based at Westside Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, Go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.